Stay tuned for a deep conversation about music, creativity, and our identity. I'm Harrison. And I'm Amir. And we believe that one of life's most valuable assets is the gift of conversation. In the midst of life, sometimes we forget the true power of a deep, meaningful conversation. So take a breath, come join us, and let's talk about life. Hello there. Welcome back to the Let's Talk About Life podcast. My name is Harrison King. And my name is Amir Coral. And we are very grateful to be sharing this space with you and having you listening into our conversation and, uh, and joining us in our conversation, hopefully with the, the, the thoughts that you're having. And hopefully you take this and go uh, share it with the world and, and, and share your ideas. I think today we're going to talk about uh, something that is very dear to both Amir and I. Uh, but I think we also have an interesting relationship with it at the moment. Um, but if this gets a little a little nerdy and, and geeky and, and deep, <laughs> then uh, I kind of apologize in advance. But also, I hope it's a learning opportunity for you because I think it's there's you can always learn something. So we're gonna talk about music. Uh, and I mean, this was Amir's idea, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you, and then let's see <laughs> what happens. <laughs> yeah, of course. I feel like this is a topic that we haven't talked about much on the podcast, and y'all, um, music is probably one of our shared passions and loves. Like that's one of the ways that we first bonded. We realized, mm-hmm. oh hey, we both do music, right? And we're both pianists. We both went to music school. We both produce as well. Harrison's an incredible producer, and. I'll toss it over to you, actually. What was your music origin story? Tell the people. Mm. I'll just keep tossing. We'll just keep tossing it back and forth and not ever say yeah. anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I started playing piano when I was six years old. My parents um, saw me taking interest in just like musical toys and stuff like that and uh, and put me in lessons and I did pretty well with that. And, uh, and I took piano lessons for my whole kind of up to end of high school. Um, I got my grade 10 uh, Royal Conservatory uh, music, which is like classical music. And um, so I did a lot of that. I, I And I'm really into like pop music also, obviously, and did a lot of um, background piano in restaurants. I did a lot of that. I made a lot of like my money in high school doing that um, and, and working with like a, my aunt teaches a uh, a class actually at my high school and, and with um, students with disabilities. And I had been working with them for many years. So just doing all kinds of things with music. And then like in high school, I started doing a lot of um, a lot of things. Actually, I guess in grade six, I was given a uh, an interface and a MIDI keyboard from by my parents, which was kind of the start of me doing production stuff. And I just started messing around with it. The first thing I ever made, I got Ableton Lite for free. It was like Ableton... Mm like eight, I think at the time. Uh, and, and I made like the Billy Jean, you know, bass and, and drums thing. Uh, that was the first thing I ever mm-hmm. did in the kitchen. And then, uh, I just started continuing with it and, and I started making videos on YouTube and I was like, I was really inspired by Kurt Huber Schneider. Um, and, and that really him and like Sam Tsui who, you know, mm-hmm. they always work together and, uh, and they're just that, that group of people and uh wanted to be like be like them i was like i need to do this so i basically like i guess now you can think of it as transcribing i never ever thought about it like that but i just copied what they did because that's all i knew so it was not good you know it was not good for a long time um 
and and you could even argue it's still not good <laughs> but uh, that's cap <laughs> but but you know I, I was like getting people i knew that could sing and like they weren't even necessarily singers or or like wanted to be musicians they just I, they were just i just using the resources around me and and trying to recreate what these people were doing on youtube and um it created an interesting thing because a lot of people that I worked with really enjoyed it and it was lots of fun. And now looking back at it, I'm like, wow, those are not great. You know, it was not what I wanted, but I was trying really hard to do what they were doing with the limited resources that I had. And I learned a lot through that process. And I also learned that like, if you really like something, you have to continue doing it just because you like it. Because I, uh, I got made fun of for it so much in high school. Somebody made a, a fan page as like a meme, like account on Instagram. And uh, this is before I had Instagram, I think. Um, or maybe it was the same time, but like I, oh, no, it was, it was after. So I had like, you know, gotten photos taken to put up on my, my banner and whatever. Cause I'm trying to make everything legit. And I'm like, what, 15 and, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm trying to do it all myself. So people thought this was funny. So they would like take the photos and like, post them on this a fan page account and like captions making fun of me and all this stuff. So I went through that um, and somehow I'm still here doing it. So I guess that's good. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. But that was, that was like the, the start of that in high school. Like the high school I went to was a lot of music and arts and, and like I was in musicals and drum line and vocal jazz and all that stuff, everything I could do. Um, and then, and like jazz bands and, and vocal jazz were the only, introduction to jazz I had which is not really like it's kind of dipping your toe in the water right and then all of a sudden I was like great let's go to jazz school like <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went to Humber Humber College in Toronto here I'm from Saskatoon so I'm like across the country and I went there right after high school and uh, I got in luckily and um, it's it's been a great school like the first couple of years are very jazz oriented obviously and, and that was really tough but now I'm able to my last year was third year and I'm going my fourth year. It's a lot of like, I'm really interested in production as I just talked about. I've done a lot of that. So um, that's kind of where I am focusing on that. And the more and more that I learn about, about this, the more I realize that it's connected to other fields like film and video, which I just love. Obviously I've been doing a lot of that stuff for a long time and I'm kind of like diving deeper, deeper into it and also trying to back away from it. And it's really weird. So that's a really long explanation as to what's going on with me and how I got here. How about you? <laughs> mm, I hear you. That is the superhero origin story, yeah, everybody. Exactly. Um, for me, it's pretty similar too, I'd say. Um, so I started playing piano. Actually, no, here's the origin story. At least this is the story that I've told and I think is, is accurate. So basically... In Canada, we have a music chain called Tom Lee Music. I'm sure you've probably seen like Tom Lee in like Toronto or, you know, wherever you are. And when I was four years old, my mom was there and I was accompanying her and she was looking for some scores for a friend. So she, um, you know, she was trying to buy something for a friend. Keep in mind, no one in my family really is that musical. So she was just there doing a favor for a friend. Now she's going through, you know, she's going through. Then she looks to her side and then she sees that I've, I've disappeared. I'm gone. Okay, where's my kid? You know, four-year-old kid missing. She's walking around the store. She's a little nervous. She's like, okay, where, where is he? Where is he? Oh my gosh, where's my son? And she looks all over the store and then she finds me in the keyboard section, in the corner, on the piano, playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star by ear. 
So I'm listening to the demo play, the, the piano's playing, ding, 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 ding. and then I'm like figuring out, ding, 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 ding. and then I was signed up for piano lessons right then and there. Cool. And from the ages of four to 12, I was doing classical, you know, every Asian kid growing up had to do their fair share of Bach, Chopin, Rachmaninoff. Literally, like, why were they giving me Rachmaninoff? My, I was a like seven-year-old. My hands aren't that big. Um, but I persisted and persevered. All the while, while I was playing piano, like classically, I was also listening to the radio a lot. And what would happen in our house, we'd have the radio playing and it'd be Michael Buble. And I would just be playing along by ear, figuring out mm -hmm. the chords. Like this is like, you know, when I was seven, just seven or eight, just playing along with the radio. Um, and I basically did that for all of the songs that I heard at the time, all the Christian songs, especially. And then when I was 12, I got really bored of classical and my piano teacher suggested, hey, why don't you try jazz? And that's when everything went downhill. <laughs> but yeah, no, my piano teacher introduced me to jazz um, because he saw that I had an aptitude for improvisation and figuring things out. And I wasn't that that uh, big on kind of playing by the box methodology. Mm -hmm. And so I got into jazz, started learning Oscar Peterson. Around that time, I started, I picked up the guitar because I wanted to impress a girl. I'm Filipino. So the first song I learned was Lemonade on the guitar <laughs> so that I could sing it. Um, and then afterwards, I got involved in the church that I used to go to. And I met my mentor who basically like helped me, helped sculpt me into the musician that I am today. And through that, I learned drums, bass, everything. And kind of around the time that I started getting into jazz, I also started getting into, um, basically, I started getting into soundtracks and like video game and film scoring and like mm -hmm. those epic kind of instrumentals from all the anime openings that I used to watch. Um, oh, I was obsessed with Sword Art Online, the Swordland, the theme song. Ugh. So good. Anyways, so I was really into that. So what I would do is that I would go to um, my neighbor's place who they lived right above us. I would go to my neighbor's place and I was 12, mind you. I would ask, hey, can I use your computer? And then I would just go and use their computer and I would hop on GarageBand and I would make some instrumental orchestral music just using like musical typing on the keyboard. Yeah. And yeah. I basically did that for an entire summer. And that was kind of how I started producing. And ever since then, I've been making music playing jazz. I went to jazz school for one year, dropped out. Um, and yeah, that's where I am today. And actually big musical milestone. One of my songs finally hit one milli. <laughs> I was celebrating yeah, I this saw that the other day. Um, it's awesome. with, with Shamir. So um, I'd like to think that things have been going well, but as Harrison said, you know, it's definitely been an identity crisis. You know, mm -hmm. it's definitely been, a lot of figuring out, okay, am I still a musician? I also have all these other interests. And, you know, you brought up film as one of the things that you're interested in. What kind of similarities do you see between music and film that kind of make you... They, yeah, what are the similarities between music and film that draw you towards film? And kind of where's the point of conflict for you? Right. Well, I mean, like any any art form or like creative pursuit, I think has similarities, right? Because it's just like they're grouped into like creative stuff. They require creativity. But but oh well, my body just like stopped for a second. <laughs> um, I I think like because I do a lot of uh, like um more the technical production side of things, 
a lot of that carries over. Like, um, I mean, and it's also like a part of filmmaking, right? Like literally making a, a, a short film or a video or whatever. Like there's a, a you gotta you've gotta do sound design and you've gotta mix the actual whole video. Like that that's that's a part of it. But I think just like the idea of nothing exists. Let's say you take a song, you have an idea, you write the song, you're gonna add elements to support the message of the song or whatever, you know, the aesthetic vision of the song, elevate it to the next level, go through all these stages of production to take it to that next level and then present it as one whole piece. That's exactly what making a film is. But it's just not a song, it's a story, uh, which I mean, I guess a song, is, but it's like a visual story as opposed to an, an, an auditory story, I guess. But that's like the connection to me. They're very similar in that way. I really like like cinematography period. Like that's just what I'm interested in. Um, and which is funny because I just got a camera. I haven't had a camera for a long time, but like everything that goes into that, like lighting and set design and all that kind of stuff. I really enjoy that. Um, and I think that the more I learn about, about um, like audio production, specifically as it pertains to music, I realize how those skills transfer over to any aspect of, of kind of film and cinematography. Um, just like the skills, the tools that you have to use to be like, like, like critical listening and, and being attentive to little details and things like that, like all of that kind of stuff and planning and, 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 kind of zooming out, zooming in, and like all those kinds of things are are very um, translatable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally here. Like putting all the pieces together, right? That's essentially any creative work. And I think also the fact that, um, you know, music is such an integral part of film. I think that's also yeah, you yeah. Know, one thing that that's a, that's a parallel that I can see you thriving in as well. I'm also curious, uh, who are some of your musical influences? I think that's that'd be nice for the people to know. Who are some mm. of your favorite artists, musical influences? Who do you look up to? Yeah. And why? I mean, Michael Jackson is the biggest one, mm. um, which is always like a weird thing to talk about now because it's like if I brought up, if I said like R. Kelly was my favorite influence, people would be like, whoa, you know? And this, actually, this is an interesting topic while we're on it. Like separating a person from their art is a weird thing because I'm still influenced by Michael Jackson. I, you cannot convince me that his music is not incredible. Um, I haven't really spent a bunch of time diving into everything that, that he did or didn't do or speculated or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I know there's like a, there's like a documentary that came out and it's kind of weird because like I, I know a lot about him as a person. I've done a lot of research on it, but it's like I care more about what he created as an art form. And I guess this is where it gets weird because like he created that because of who he was. So like you should learn about him, but I kind of try to separate it. So I'm still fine saying that personally. And that's why anyway, just it's an interesting thing to touch on. Mm -hmm. Um totally agree. You know, totally I'm not agree. I yeah, feel I'm the not, same way. Mm -hmm. So Michael Jackson because like <clears throat> I just pop music is is my my thing it's my jam and and he's obviously like was credited as being the king of pop but aside from that just 
everything, like I said, start to finish, he was good at, including performing. And and that's just a huge, huge inspiration uh, of, of mine. And I just listened to a lot of his music. I didn't get into his stuff until I didn't know who he was until he died. I actually didn't know who he was. Um, and I think my dad had, he has a huge collection of CDs and he, he brought it out one day and was like showing me all these ones. And I saw he had bad and I saw it and I actually think I got like scared because of the way he looks. He's got like black, mm. you know, like uh, eyeliner on and, and all this stuff. And I was like, I didn't, that was before I actually knew who he was. Anyway. Wow. I really like to go on tangents. Um, <laughs> it's like, if you like to talk, start a podcast. That's what I, yeah, what I was that's thinking. That's why we're here. Apparently. <laughs> um, and like, Hmm. I grew up listening to a lot of Great Big C, which is a Newfoundland uh, band from here in Canada. Because my parent or my grandparents are from Newfoundland, so that's very like folk uh, kitchen party fun. Folk music. kitchen party. That's I mean, my it favorite is genre. It literally, it literally is just like they were Canada's biggest party band, and that's Love. like was what basically one of the titles, right? And it's just like. That tied with now that I'm thinking about it, like that tied with what what I like about Michael Jackson's stuff and a lot of the music that I really love. Um, it's not necessarily always about the music itself; it's how it makes me feel, you know. And that music and like all the stuff by Great Big C is just like it's fun. It makes me happy. It makes me feel good. So that's that's it. That and like anything from the '80s. '80s is like if you give me like a genre. It's like 80s pop is like, that's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you? Oh, yeah. Um, I totally I totally agree. Also, separating the person from their art. And that's the exact example that I use with Michael Jackson as well. I feel the exact same way. And I word it the same way. Y'all listening, Harrison is my twin from Saskatoon. <laughs> He's my brother from another mother. Um, yeah, I'd say my biggest musical influences. One would be Bruno Mars. Oh, yeah. Bruno Mars is one of my biggest musical influences. Um, not only the fact that he makes incredibly groovy, well-arranged music, and he, like, produces, arranges, and, like, writes stuff himself, and he was doing that, like, not to mention his work ethic, but also just the fact that, you know, there's someone who looks like me, or, I mean, I'm not as good-looking as him yet, but, <laughs> you know, like, someone like you said, who is... Like you said yet, as though you're gonna, like... Money does a lot. <laughs> money does a lot. I'll just say that, okay? <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's awesome. To see someone who also has some Filipino heritage mm -hmm. thriving and creating such amazing work at that high of a caliber, it, it's so inspiring to me. You know, I think representation is just so, so important. And so... Yeah, throughout my entire life, I remember it started with Just The Way You Are. Um, I forget when that song came out, but I remember when I heard it, I listened to it on my iPod Nano nice. over and over again. And the entire doo-wops and hooligans mm -hmm. uh, and then unorthodox jukebox, you know, all of the albums. And I think one thing that really inspires me is his work ethic. I think lots of people don't know that he was in the industry and he was writing hit songs for nine, eight or nine years before he even got famous. Mm. He was in the industry just writing songs for eight or nine years. People don't know, actually, listeners, I'm about to blow your mind. There's actually one really popular song that he wrote that no one knows that he wrote. And it goes like this. 
I see you drive around town with the girl I love. That was him? And I'm like, forget you. He wrote that. Really? Yeah. Bruno Mars wrote that. If you think about it, like listen to the arrangement in your head. It sounds like such a Bruno Mars song. It does Bruno actually. Yeah, that's interesting. Right? Right? So he wrote the song uh, with uh, his writing. Um, I forget what their name was. But they wrote the song, him and his writing and production team, and then they sold it to CeeLo Green, and it mm. became a hit. And then eventually he started getting his breaks by, you know, being on Billionaire. And there, there's a whole bunch of other songs that people don't know that he wrote. Oh, here's another one that he wrote that people don't know. All I ask is if this is my really? last night with you. Yeah, he wrote All I Ask. Dang. Yeah, so if you think about it, you know, like, listen to the song. I will leave my heart at the door. It's such a Bruno. There's something about it that's very Bruno. And he made a cover of it and was incredible. So, yeah, I love the fact that, you know, he is there to serve the music. And he has a very, very defined line between his stage persona of Bruno Mars and who he is as a person. His name being Peter Jean Hernandez, right? So him as a person, Peter Hernandez. Yeah, right. The differentiation between Peter Hernandez and Bruno Mars. You know, I think I admire him for his work ethic and the way that he separates those two things. Um, Yeah, I could go on and on about Bruno, but he's a huge inspiration to me. I'd say artistically, another inspiration of mine would be Yeba. If y'all don't know who Yeba is, she, oh, man. If you like really soulful, unique voices and good songwriting and or just if really you have ears great like harmony. come on yeah if you just have ears yeah true 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 yes if you have ears <laughs> then you will love yeba she is probably my favorite artist of the last year she dropped her album dawn on my birthday actually nice so it was the best birthday gift i could have ever gotten <laughs> and when is she, ever since she's dropped it i have not stopped listening my joke is that i've memorized every single ad lib and rough uh, rough riff and run that has come out of that woman's mouth it, she is so so <laughs> incredible so yeah i would say those two oh yeah not to mention mac airs as well um mac airs was a big inspiration of mine and the last inspiration that i would say this is someone who inspired me not only just musically, but also just as a person. There's an artist named Jeremy Passion, and he's a Filipino-American songwriter. He wrote Lemonade. And um, just seeing, once again, just seeing a Filipino artist thriving and making great work and being an artist full-time, a renowned artist as well, you know, just seeing them do what they do and like seeing someone who looks like me, I think that was profoundly inspiring for me. So yeah, those are my mm. inspirations, I would say. Yeah. You mentioned now twice with Bruno and because he's is he he's also Hawaiian, isn't he? Am I wrong mm-hmm. there? Yeah, Puerto Rican. So uh Puerto Rican he, he he's a lot of things. So I, I believe he has Puerto Rican ancestry, um, Samoan ancestry, Filipino, um, and also Jewish American. Right, he's looking, he's just everything. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. I th- all I, these uh, all these mixed people are so good looking. Like Janae Iko too. <laughs> <laughs> Is that yeah. or the money, Amir? Come on. Yes, right. Sorry, <laughs> right. Yeah, it has a lot to do with it. <laughs> um, you mentioned twice, yes, about him and and and, and Jeremy Passion, um, about the representation and how that impacted you. And I'd like you to talk a little more about how that affects you creatively and just also like 
like like as an as an inspiration but also as just like in any everyday life yeah mm-hmm. why question. is that why is that i know it's important to a lot of people obviously but for you personally i think representation is important because it shows you possibility to see someone who looks like you doing what you aspire to do is probably the, the most inspirational, affirming reference that you can find. Because oftentimes when you want to go out and do something, when, let's say, okay, in my own experience, you know, as uh, as an Asian guy living in Canada, as a Filipino Canadian, when I want to go out and do something unconventional or creative, there's not many references that I can look towards. Whereas in contrast, you know, you take a Caucasian person in Canada or America, they want to go out and do something creative. There are so many references mm. available to them. Um, but, you know, as as an Asian Canadian, there aren't that many yet. And so to see people starting to do it, it's just an affirmation of possibility, an affirmation of you know, our potential as artists. And I think that inspires me not only as a creator, but also in the way that I live life. And, you know, it's incredibly important to me when I think about my future and what I want to do and how I want to serve through my artwork and through my own music. You know, I want to be able to inspire at least one little Filipino boy out there, right? One little Filipino boy out there who who wants to do something creative, who who doesn't think that they can. I want to inspire at least one person. Mm. to go out and do that and not necessarily that everything is a race thing of course but i think that's just something that's important to me in my own experience as a creator um and growing up in this culture you know in the filipino canadian culture i think having references is so so important and yeah the representation is just something that's very important to me Mm. you know and so i i stand by it i tried to provide that myself um yeah it's, it's just very important to me dude <laughs> it's just very important to me no for sure no i i just i'm always curious you know like mm-hmm. i i i can understand it but like it's not something that i uh, i'm experienced with because everywhere i look you know there is that like you said right so um i always think it's an interesting interesting perspective anyway um as as far as like you know, you mentioned this is kind of music related because we're talking about music here. But you mentioned kind of feeling like you have an identity crisis. We've talked about mm-hmm. this. We've mm-hmm. talked about this, but we haven't talked about it like fully on here. Um, why don't we Why don't we dive a little bit into that and Let's and how it. how we've gotten to where we are and what we're feeling and and just your thoughts about that? You want to start? You want to start mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for context, y'all. Harrison and I have been talking a lot about how we feel a little divided sometimes between our the multiplicity of our interests. And specifically for me, I feel a divide between YouTube and my musical career in the sense that, you know, I feel like because I've been posting music-related content and songs for the last, gosh, four years now, People, at least I feel like, I feel like people see me as Amir, the musical artist. Mm. But then honestly, I don't feel that much of a musical artist because more of my focus is on this podcast, is on creating, is on, you know, spreading a message, making YouTube videos, inspiring and empowering others. You know, that's kind of where my focus is at. 
And so to be working on that and to have all my interests there in this space of creating YouTube videos and podcasts, I feel in a way that I am not myself. I feel like I have changed, you know, um, that I'm no longer who I thought I was because for the longest time, music was the biggest part of my identity. And to not be doing that in the same capacity that I was before was a shift that I've had to navigate over the last year, especially getting into YouTube. And at first it was a little troubling because I was telling myself, wait, am I even an artist? Am I even a musician anymore? Am I just a fraud? What am I doing? Am I, have I lost my way? Mm. Was the initial thought. Oh, I'm not doing this anymore because I feel like I should want to do this. But to be quite frank with you, I don't want to do it as much at the moment. You know, more of my focus is on YouTube and creating. And so I feel bad for not wanting to. There's a lot of shoulds. You know, I should be making more music. I should be creating more. But to be honest with you, that's not where my interest is. And what I've learned over the last few months is to accept change, to allow yourself to change because we're supposed to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what that journey has been like for me in shifting my interests. What about you? Yeah, and this is interesting because, like, I'm in. I was off school. I I did two years of of um, college. I guess it is um, full like music twenty four seven craziness, and then like little off in the summer back at it. But then I had you know I was home for a year over twenty twenty got really separated from it and was like, do I even like this anymore? Because I wasn't doing it all the time. And I was like, maybe I want to do other things. And then all of a sudden I went back, like I was like even tempted not to do it anymore. Like go back to school, went back to school. And then all of a sudden it's music 24 seven again. And I'm like, no, I like this. I like this. I just was interested in other things. And now here we are in the summer after having a year of 24 seven music which was wonderful, by the way, and I loved it. And I recognized that I do genuinely love music. And when I was fully in it 24-7, it's great. And now it's summer and I'm not doing any, aside from tonight, actually, I've got something I've got to do, but but then it's like I'm doing completely other different things again. And I'm like, maybe I don't want to do music. And this has happened now like three times, <laughs> two, three times. And what I'm, what I'm, I think I'm realizing is that, that, uh, I can love all of them, but I don't have to do them all at the same time or be progressing all of them at the same rate, which is a weird thing because like a lot of the people around me are just musicians, right? Especially at school here. And then, so they're spending all their time progressing. So understandably in many areas, specifically like performing, you know, like playing, like I play piano, but I'm not, I'm not spending my time practicing because it's not a priority for me. And I'm also, like I'm saying, I I'm, I'm, would rather be working on these other things. So I'm doing that. So obviously the people that are fully dedicated to music are progressing in that area faster than I am. And because we're same age, we're doing similar things. And I'm also like, when we're in 24 seven music land, I love it. So I'm like, well, then am I making bad choices that like, am I, am I behind or am I doing the wrong thing? Should I be doing the exact same thing that you're feeling? And and then there's even like, every once in a while, I'm about to go on this big trip, right? And I'm like, anticipating what it's going to be like and all these different things. And I'm like, maybe all of these things are not what I want to be doing. Maybe there's something else out there that's like, 
even more fulfilling or whatever. And so what is really going through my brain recently, and I think this trip's going to help sort out a lot of this, to be honest. So we'll have a conversation post-enlightened Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, uh, um, and just realizing that, you know, we're, we've kind of been conditioned to think that, like we talked about this, you have to pick one thing and stick with it or like have one thing and that it's bad to, what's the, the phrase is like jack of all trades, master of none, but you don't have to master something to enjoy it or to be good at it or to contribute something to the world or to other people. And that's what I think I'm realizing that I can maybe be that jack of all trades and maybe I'm good at a lot of things, but I'm not perfect at one of them. Whereas somebody who's doing music all the time is going to be obviously better at music than I am, but I maybe don't want that and that's okay. And that's where I'm at. How's that? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yeah, totally. Reminds me of the Naval Ravikant quote that I've quoted before. Specialization is for insects. Yeah. Right. And I think, yeah specialization works within the confines of the capitalist model that we exist within. But in, well, first of all, I'm no anth anthropologist, so don't quote me on anything. But from uh, just a human, you know, what's most, but in blah, 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 English, but from the standpoint of what's best for humans, I think naturally we're all multivariate. We all have different parts, different facets of ourselves that we want to explore. And I think that self-exploration is what creativity is. Creativity is inherently self-exploration. Mm -hmm. right? It's explorative. And I think being a creative person, as creative people, we need to allow ourselves to explore. You know, kind of mm. confining ourselves to one thing is counterproductive to our creativity. Would you wouldn't you agree? Yeah, that's that's very true, actually. And because I've learned more doing other things even about music, like we're talking, right? Like film, the more I do stuff into music, then the more I'm interested in learning about film. And so, it all feeds into itself. Yeah, it does, right? And it's because you're really developing creative skills that are transferable, I think, um, mm -hmm. which is just they're showing up in different ways with different mediums. But um, exactly. yeah, it's, it's, it's really quite an interesting thing though this like when you when you call yourself one thing or think of yourself as one thing for so long and then start to be interested in other things you're like was the rest of it a waste mm. like was it a waste that i dedicated all this time like practicing piano or doing this and then getting into school and learning jazz stuff and whatever and now i'm here like yeah you're like <laughs> your face you're like 100 harrison um you're gonna make me cry <laughs> no but it's not a waste right but but it's yeah, something that you, it makes you think about it, it, it you know you... like thinking about it you know yeah yeah why does it make you uh, sad oh my gosh i feel um yeah, I mean, like, intellectually, I know that it wasn't a waste. You yes. know? And I think, you know, it, it wasn't a waste. But, you know, if I really allow myself to, there's a lot of I should want to do this. In yeah. the sense that a lot of people say, wow, you're so gifted. I'm sure you've probably gotten that. Wow, you're so musically Ooh, gifted. This is a good wow, topic. <laughs> you're so musically gifted. Or, you know, if you're a smart academic, wow, you're so smart. It's a shame that you don't go into medicine. It's a shame that you don't continue doing your music career. In yeah. in Tagalog, there's this word, ah, sayang, which basically means, oh, that's so bad. That's a shame. You know, it's it's a waste. That's a waste, you know. And I hate that stuff. <laughs> 
yeah <laughs> trying to censor myself and i absolutely hate that um because it, it's not a waste you know creativity is a self-perpetuating cycle right it's a self-exploration it's not something that you just specialize in and do this one thing for the rest of your life but it's constant exploration and i think none of it is a waste really but you know i just hate being told that oh you spent so much time doing piano or oh you went to one year of jazz school oh you applied to berkeley this many times oh what a waste of all that money and effort now you're just doing youtube kind of thing i'm kind of channeling and <laughs> processing some of the things that i've heard here but you know i know in my own heart and i think you know as creative people we all know that it's not a waste you know, your creative yeah. journey is what makes you you as an artist. The different experiences that you go through, the different perspectives that you have, the different skills that you develop are what make you an artist, not because you specialize in one thing, but because you have the courage to explore yourself, to explore the world, to explore what life is. You know, I think that's what makes an artist, not necessarily a specialization, but the courage to explore and the courage to be vulnerable. Take that for real. <laughs> That was uh... a. <laughs> Sorry, I I feel that I feel that really strongly. Have you ever heard that kind of thing yourself? That oh, it's a shame, or maybe uh, not that you... specifically, mm. but I know mm. the feeling. Like I don't know mm -hmm. if I've ever had anybody say that specifically, but I know the mm -hmm. feeling of like you being good at something, or at least like maybe good enough that people recognize something's there, right? Um. And I don't mean any of this in a boastful way mm -hmm. at all. I mean, like, this happens all the time. People are like, yeah, oh, their three-year-old three kid does one little thing, and they're like, wow, they're going to be an athlete. It's like, you know, <laughs> but like, even like that kind of stuff, it's like we, I think, I don't know if this is a natural thing or a learned thing, but when somebody says something like that to you, it makes you want to do what they're saying. You know what I mean? Like feed into it. It's like if they tell me, if I were to play, you know, if I were to go out golfing, which I am not good at golfing, and I also am not a huge fan of golf. Uh, this is a weird, how do we get here? I go out golfing keep going, keep going. with like, <laughs> let's say I went out with Tiger Woods, okay? Let's be real theoretical here. And he was like, Harrison, you are like, you've got something here. You should really stick with it. Right? Dude, I hate golfing. <laughs> <laughs> but if Tiger Woods said that to me, there would be a part of my brain for a long time that would go, well, now, damn, I got to, I got to, I got to try golfing. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I feel like there's a part of us that wants to like fulfill almost other people's like visions or like, like if somebody, uh, the prophecy, uh, <laughs> if somebody mm, says yeah. something like that, me. that to you, it makes you feel like, well, if I don't pursue this, like, is something going to be is this going to be wasted? You know, like, am I wasting something within? So all that to say, Tiger Woods analogy, you know, done. Um, I, I've been there and that's what the kind of my issue or problem is with music right now is, is, or like I go in and out of it where it's like, I, I know that I'm, I'm good at it because I've worked hard on it, you know, and that's how that works. <laughs> you work at something for a long time, you practice it, you get better, you get, you know, you do a, do well at executing the task. And mm -hmm. because I put in that work and I, and I know that that is where I'm at, 
I feel obligated sometimes to make choices to continue to push myself further or follow that path to fulfill this <laughs> quote unquote prophecy. I think that's hilarious. Um, that like maybe other people have thought because it's like my my family and other people I've talked to and even just people I know from high school, whatever, and they're like, Oh yeah, like you're you're doing music, right? Like that's your you're doing that's what they know, right? And as much as we want to not, don't want to internalize what other people are saying to us or their opinions or whatever, like we do, we do. So that's a really weird answer <laughs> to what you said, mm -hmm. but like I, I totally feel it. And 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 even if and I have been like told some of these things, and it makes you go, okay, maybe I should do that. And then and then you maybe get doing it, and you're like, are you doing it for yourself? Because you want to do it, are you doing it for other people? And or or like, are you doing it? And a third option is like, are you doing it for this idealized like vision of what you think it is, but not actually what the experience is? So it's like that's sometimes where I'm at, where I'm like, I've got I've got listen, dude, I've got so many songs and and recording sessions filmed, footage, songs that I had these great ideas and they're all, like, they're really good. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with where they are, but I've never taken them to the next step and finished them. And to be honest, it's like a lot of work and it's not something that I'm really passionate about at the moment finishing, but I'm like, I feel like I have to finish it because of this, what I'm talking about, this pressure of like, well, this is, if I do it, it's the right choice and blah, blah, blah. It's not other people telling me I have to do it. And I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for this kind of thing that doesn't even exist. It's like this this external pressure that maybe I guess I'm kind of putting on myself. But I'm like, if I want to be blank, I have to do blank. And then if I don't do it, it makes me feel bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was really... Identity. Yeah. Expectation. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Kind of ties into what we were talking about last week too, you mm -hmm. know, with expectations and everything and kind of being easy on ourselves, you know, when we don't necessarily meet our targets. I, I so feel, and I want to elaborate more on what you said, you know, um, let, let's, let's go here. You know, you mentioned if people are really affirming you for it and you decide to do it, are you doing it more so for yourself or are you doing it for other people? Yeah. Their affirmation, you know, for myself, uh, I'll, I'll mention, I think for the longest time, I will easily admit this, for the longest time, especially when I started posting on social media, I will wholeheartedly admit that I wasn't doing it for myself. Mm. At first I was, but then results started to show, videos started to blow up, things started to do well, and eventually somewhere along the way, I lost myself. You know, I lost the desire to do it for myself. And oh, I've been waiting to use this word. I, I lost... That kind of, okay, <laughs> I've been waiting to use this word. My student told me this the other day. Music for me used to be autotelic. Autotelic meaning you do it for itself, in and of itself. It is gratifying. But I think somewhere along the way in posting on social media, I forgot that. You know, I forgot that, oh, hey, I actually enjoy doing this because all the affirmation, the dopamine of seeing likes and comments and people being like, oh, my gosh, the goat or whatever, you know, all that BS, you know it hijacks kind of your enjoyment of it. And 
for lots of the time for probably a solid year and a half or two. I wasn't doing it for myself. I was doing it because it worked, because I liked the validation that I was getting and it was beneficial to my career. It was giving me money and it was giving me new friends and it was giving me all this kind of stuff. Um, And this last year has kind of been the reversal of that, learning Mm. how to do things for me again, finding that enjoyment of an autotelic process. And that is what YouTube helped me find. You know, this podcast even helped me find. We're doing this simply because we enjoy it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also want to share this message with you all listening. But we're doing this because we enjoy it. We enjoy talking to one another. Like Harrison is like my best friend, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course I would enjoy talking to him. And kind of doing this kind of work has helped me find that enjoyment for music again. And it's an interesting thing because you brought up the entire thing of, oh, when I'm outside of music school, do I really like it anymore? But then when you're inside of it, you're like, okay, I like it. And then it's hard, like, it's hard for me to wrap my head around because I feel the same thing. But then when I'm in it, I also think, am I getting fishbowled? Oh, right? yeah. The fishbowl effect, right? We only think a certain thing because we're kind of in it, right? But when I'm outside of it, is it any less valid? To which I would argue with myself, environment is an important factor in shaping our behavior and our actions and the people that we surround ourselves with directly inform what we expect ourselves to be. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's an interesting case of being plugged in. Like, who are you when you're plugged into the scene? Who are you when you're not plugged into the scene? Um, And what feels most authentic to you? And I think they both can be authentic. Mm -hmm. But I think that exploration, I think it's important that we address that exploration of authenticity. You know, which one Mm -hmm. is not necessarily saying that they both can't be, but where do I feel most at home right now? And that can shift. The, what do you it, think? Yeah, well, it, can, it becomes a, a problem, not a problem, like a challenge when to develop skills at something, you need to stick with it for a while, right? Like you can't just try to become a sushi chef once and then go, mm-hmm. you know, that's it. So that's where it kind of it is challenging for me because I want to continue pro- to progress my skills is as a, as a musician, as a, as a recording engineer, as a mixing engineer, all these different things. Um, and I, I want to do it, but then sometimes I'm not in, like really enjoying it. This is maybe kind of that pressure I was talking about. It's like where I want to, mm-hmm. I want to kind of, I want to finish those projects because I know they will help better me and I want to get better but I don't really want to do it. Mm. And and I know there's like a thing, but like, so like being the best mixing engineer is not my goal. And these other things are. So I would rather sit down and record this podcast and edit stuff to share it with people and, and make a YouTube video or like write a script for a short film even. And, and I'd rather do that right now in this very moment than go sit at my computer and edit a video of a Sean Mendes tune, you know? Now, that that song is going to progress me further towards being a better again mixing blah 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 like like producer let's say right but it's not exactly what i want to do now i also want to get better at at creating this this i don't even know what kind of category you put this in but like the podcast and and kind mm-hmm. of like just uh you shit you said like it, it kind of sharing and inspiring others like that's the kind of stuff right there's a whole other i guess they classified as lifestyle which i i hate um <laughs> but there's like that self-help that, that yeah, i mean yeah but that that area i also like i do want to get better at that so there's different areas in my life that i do want to get better at but 
only one of them at the moment is more intriguing to me and more fun. So I think maybe it's like, as I'm saying all this, it's like, okay, work on this, you know, YouTube podcast stuff for a while, move myself forward, get better at that. And then go over here and make some videos, music stuff, and then get a little better at that. And then I'm going to come over here and maybe I want to be a sushi chef and I'm going to get a little bit better than that. And just because you haven't mastered something doesn't mean you can't come back to it and continue to get better. Now, it may take a little while to get back into where you were, but I don't think it will take as long as you'd think. Like I haven't practiced piano and I couldn't even tell you how long. And I'm fine with saying that to people because it's not a priority for me. But I know that if I wanted to play a a, um, one of Bach's, you know, preludes, then I probably could within you know a relatively short amount of time get back to where i was but i couldn't just sit down and do it so i think that's important to remember that you can go back if you've learned a bunch of stuff i don't think that's lost maybe psychologists or other people would argue with me but personally i think that i could push this aspect area of my life forward a little bit grow in this area of my life a little bit and keep going between these and kind of like instead of juggling them all at once but just like going and moving this area, moving this area, moving this area. And and it may take longer, but if it's more fulfilling, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. What do you totally think? Agree. What do you think? Yeah. To- that the, this entire thing is balance. Mm. Being a balanced person. You know, if we take a look at the people who are most obsessive about the, their craft, you know, who sacrificed everything for the craft. Actually, this is very interesting to bring up because last night I was watching a movie with Annie and we were watching The Prestige by Christopher okay. Nolan. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen The Prestige? I haven't. Oh, such a good movie. Okay, I'll I've seen it, it three, four times now. I love Christopher Nolan films. Oh, they're so good. The Didn't Prestige. he do The Batman, the new one? The Batman? Is he the guy no. that's into it? Okay. Mm-mm. Why did I think no. he did? Who he did, did the uh, The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger as the Joker. Okay. And Christian Bale as Batman. He did that trilogy. So Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and then The Dark Knight Rises. But basically, so spoiler free, of course, um, The Prestige, it's all about kind of two, it's all about two rival musicians. uh, No, sorry. It's about two rival magicians who are both so obsessed with their craft and beating the other and they're so competitive that they end up sacrificing way way too much for their craft, Mm. right? And so tying that into our discussion, when we look at the people who sacrifice so, so, so much for one single thing and they pursue it at the expense of all else, is that really that good of a life? It's like, great, you are the greatest painter on the face of the planet, but your marriage is falling apart. Your kids hate you. You're not healthy. No one likes you. Like all all these different Mm -hmm, things. mm -hmm, Like, mm -hmm. yes, you're the best, but at what cost and i think being a balanced person to me personally means being able to take care of everything because to me balance is what creates a good life not necessarily the idea of greatness because greatness is just a mental construct right greatness is just your own expectations right now if you set your expectations low you could say i'm great right now and simply accepting of yourself i think chasing a future idealized version of greatness can be very beneficial. You know, wanting to be the best, I think is very important. Um, but I think it's, it's about the process that that brings, not necessarily shooting at the goal, but more so the process of trying to become better, of trying to be the best that you possibly can be. Um, 
Uh, what was I saying? How did we get here? <laughs> Balance. <laughs> Sorry, this is y'all. This is what happens during Harrison and I's conversation. So it's if you good, like though. long yeah. meandering conversations, make sure that you uh, like, subscribe to Harrison King Official on YouTube uh, <laughs> and the Let's Talk About Life podcast on YouTube. I find that I I do actually that happens sometimes when like I'm just talking and then I don't even know. And I think that that's like almost because I'm like so deep into like a state of like flow, maybe mm-hmm. where I'm like, I'm, I'm so focused on just what's going on right now that I'm not thinking ahead about where like or where we came from. Mm-hmm. And then I get somewhere I'm like, what, what just happened? Wait, well, how did we get here? <laughs> so like, let's just totally. let's just decide that it's a good thing. OK, let's yes. just argue. Yeah, sure. it's, a yeah. good it's a good thing. Um, yeah. And I. Oh, yeah. Go. No, I was just going to say on like as a separate note, I often find on these and I just like did it a couple minutes ago where like I'm exploring a t- an idea and trying to say something and then I, I kind of figure it out as I'm talking. And I think it's, mm-hmm. that's really a benefit of having a conversation like like we do here where you kind of like don't have to have all the ideas sorted out. You can figure them out as you're talking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, continue. exactly. And I think that's a large part about the appeal of this podcast. Like kind of like what we're here to do is explore these things together and figure it out together. Mm-hmm. Right. As I've mentioned every time there's my one of my favorite quotes that Harrison has ever said, we are learning to live for the first time. And so, you know, dear listeners, thank you for joining us on this. You're, you know, watching our journey. And I hope that you're figuring things out for yourself as well. But yeah, back to the discussion. I think ultimately what I've realized is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you feel more like a musician or whether you feel more like a filmmaker or whether you feel more like a sushi chef or whatever. It doesn't matter. Do what you enjoy. Do what brings you into the present moment. What brings you joy? What brings you bliss? What brings you into that state of just full flow and awareness? Mm. It doesn't matter what your identity is because when you're fully in the process, you don't have an identity, right? When we're fully in a solo, when we're fully you know, engrossed in whatever it is that we're doing. We're not thinking about who we are. We're not thinking about the self. The self disappears, Mm. right? The self, the ego, all that disappears and it's just pure presence and it's just consciousness participating in that activity. And so it doesn't necessarily matter what we want to call ourselves, what we want to identify as, if I'm an artist, if I'm a chef, if I'm a videographer or whatever, all that is surface level. I think do whatever brings you into the present moment, whatever brings you the most flow. And whatever aligns with like your all exactly what you're saying is the same same thing like whatever aligns with what your purpose is right mm-hmm. now and mm-hmm. and that changes right so mm-hmm. following that will or or finding that will lead you to those those things i think but yeah mm-hmm. i and think we need it, to allow ourselves to change it doesn't have to be just one like you don't have to just follow one thing you don't have to master something for it to be significant or or impactful to other people's lives even like you don't have to be the best speaker in the world to impact others lives or be the best um my stomach's rumbling can you hear that i don't know if you <laughs> no i that. can't wow if anybody can hear that i'm sorry that's hilarious um <laughs> every once in a while it's like super loud um it's dinner time apparently but i i just don't think yeah, you know you don't have to be the best whatever for something to have meaning or to be Im- Im- mm. like Im- just to have any significance it, you don't have to be a master of it and i think that's what i've realized over the course of this conversation even like that that the things that i'm and i'm feeling like oh am i this am i that am i whatever it like it doesn't you don't have to be when i when i think of like oh am i a musician it's like well i'm working towards mastering something in music 
that's like I'm on that path, therefore I'm a musician. And if I'm off that path, I'm not a musician. In my brain, that's how it works. So I think that removing that whole thing of like following mastery, uh, and I say mastery as though like there's an end, like you reach the finish line, which obviously isn't the case with like anything, but um, you know, just like enjoying the process of each thing. And if you're moving forward and you feel like you're moving forward and it's in a bunch of different aspects of your life, then, then I think it's, it's still great. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, anyways, dear listeners, thank you for joining us thank on this you. conversation about music and creativity. If you enjoyed this, we would really appreciate if you're listening on Spotify, if you could drop us a rating. Really, really helps out the podcast. Really helps us reach more people and have better conversations, too. Yeah, thank you. A little, a little review on uh, on Apple Podcasts. Say, mm-hmm. hey, what's up, hello, in the wise words of Fetty Wap. Wap, Wap, <laughs> Wap, however, however you say his name. Um, you like that? Thank you. And uh, Amir, where, where can the people find you on the internet? <laughs> oh my God. Wow. That... Have you never heard? I've said that many times before. I've are you never laughing at my pronunciation that. or the, the quote? Because both are. I'm funny. just laughing at the quote. I've yeah. never heard someone quote it, if anyway. Yeah, I've said that, but I don't know where else I've said that. But I said, in the wise words of oh. Fetty Wap, hey, what's up? Hello. <laughs> Well, y'all can say, hey, what's up? Hello at Amir Koro, A-M-E-E-R-C-O-R-R-O, anywhere you get the internet. What about you, Harrison? <laughs> I'm at, at Harrison King Official on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok. And uh, if you want to see more from the podcast and you don't want to always just watch the full episode of the podcast, you can check us out at Let's Talk About Life Pod. Uh, thank you, everybody. And uh, Bye. see you later. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support the show, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Visit us on Instagram and TikTok at Let's Talk About Life Pod. And for more information, head on over to HarrisonKingOfficial.com forward slash podcast. Now it's time for you to get out there and have a deep, meaningful conversation in your own life.